Have you seen in the news in recent weeks reports of whales washing ashore here in New Jersey and up and down the East Coast? This is an annual occurrence, but the numbers this year are noteworthy. Between mid-December and the end of February, 23 whales have washed ashore. And much could be said about this, and we'll touch on it more later this morning. While researchers are trying to sort out the reasons that may have impacted these recent totals of whale fatalities. But before we get there, let us just consider the enormous size of these sea creatures. I was particularly struck by the size of one of the whales pictured, a 35-foot-long humpback whale estimated to weigh about 29,000 pounds. And that's not even anywhere near the largest of its kind. In the image in the news, the people walking around this huge creature looked tiny in comparison. Little ants scurrying around this enormous whale. The article explained that the standard way to bury a deceased beached whale is to simply bring in excavating equipment and dig an enormous hole right there in the, on the beach sand because these animals are simply too big to transport anywhere else for burial. These creatures and even larger ones swimming in the depths of the ocean speak to the enormous scope of the seas. The Psalms, which we are focusing on this Lenten season, give words to the vastness of creation. Psalm 104 says, There is the sea, great and wide, creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. The Psalms reference the created world quite a bit with descriptions of the beauty and wonder of the earth. The worldview of the Psalter seemed to presume that nature has something important to tell us. And so references to creation are woven throughout the Psalms. Psalm 19 says, The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims God's handiwork. Creation is speaking, the Psalms seem to report. What then is it saying? Creation is communicating, telling us of a creator. Just as a painting alludes to a painter, a building calls to mind an architect. A pot hints at the potter. So too creation itself begins by telling us of a creator. The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, 
In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Psalm 102. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For God founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Psalm 24. Creation itself is not trying to be a science textbook, per se, and seems to be somewhat in, uninterested in whatever processes of creation and evolution God has chosen to bless in order to bring the world to its current state. Creation instead seems to speak poetically of the immeasurable love that caused the earth to come to be. All of life comes from God. Creation gives us a visual of the depth and breadth of God's great love. In freedom and generous hospitality, God lovingly gave us life. Creation is speaking telling us that the Creator is attentive to intricate detail, complexity, diversity, and variation. Psalm 104, O Lord, what a variety of things you have made in wisdom, you have made them all. Creation is still speaking, telling us that God sustains, waters the earth, keeps things going. God did not create and then walk away, but instead upholds, sustains, cares for creation each day. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. That's Psalm 65. Creation is still speaking, saying that each created life itself has inherent value and worth. God's creation is good, very good. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. Psalm 139. Creation is still speaking, conveying words of beauty and peace and grace. Franciscans sometimes call creation the first Bible. Creation, the first Bible, the first form of God's communication, existed before any words were printed on pages of the Bible, of course. And for each one of us, even today, creation can be our first Bible as well, a first way of hearing communication from God, one that we can read before looking upon the printed page. Creation is still speaking, uttering words of beauty, but also, perhaps, Messages that we sometimes do not want to hear. Psalm 100 says, It is God who made us, 
and not we ourselves. If we want to be self-made people, completely independent authors of our own destiny, do we want to hear that God has made us and not we ourselves? Does this always fall on our ears as good news? God is the creator, therefore we are the creatures. We are utterly contingent. We are dependent. We are not necessary. The creator is necessary, but we as creatures are not. We are creatures, and only some of the many, many creatures. We might like to center humanity, prioritize humans as those made in the image of God, but in truth we are interdependent with all of creation, connected to every living thing and the earth itself. And we are able to cause harm to the rest of creation. Back to the whales I spoke of earlier. As researchers are trying to understand the reasons for such high numbers of deceased whales washing ashore, they believe it may be possible that the, because the population of humpback whales has rebounded significantly in recent years, we are seeing more and more wash ashore. But almost certainly, human involvement has had a negative impact on these great sea creatures. Collisions with ships are the leading cause of these whale fatalities. Online shopping patterns, which intensified during the pandemic and have remained high, have greatly increased the number of ships coming into our ports on the East Coast. And as the temperature of the ocean increases, the whales' food sources are moving closer to shore, drawing whales to feed there, which causes even more fatal interactions with this increasingly high and higher all the time number of ships. So when we listen closely, creation may tell us things that we do not want to hear. Richard Rohr says this, creation spirituality reveals our human arrogance and maybe that is why we are afraid of it. Maybe that is why we are afraid to believe that God has spoken to us primarily in what is. Jesus knew of our human condition, the potential challenges that we would face, the stumbling blocks that we would encounter, the mistakes that we would make. Jesus knew this very well. But Jesus looked out at creation and saw comfort and joy. Jesus found comfort in our dependence on God and in our interdependence with all created life, 
Look at the lilies. Look at the birds, he said. For Jesus, this was great comfort. The one who cares for all of creation has unlimited care to offer. All will be cared for. God knows our needs and in abundance cares for each and every creature. The fact that we depend on God, that we are contingent beings, does not mean that we are lost to oblivion, but cherished by the source of all life. The fact that we did not create ourselves simply points us again to our lives themselves being a sheer gift of grace, a freely given gift from God our Maker. Creation points us again and again to the fact that we are all interconnected and we all belong in God's great creation. Creation is still speaking, telling us over and over again of the greatness of God's love. And so Jesus' view of creation was positive. He delighted in the natural world where he did most of his teaching. He spoke of fertile soil and the growth of crops. He spoke of the birds of the air and likened himself to being living water. Jesus called himself a vine and us, his followers, branches that are connected to that vine. Jesus found wisdom in a tiny mustard seed that grows into a large bush. Jesus knew that creation speaks to us in so many ways. Perhaps creation even speaks with joy. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the, and the forests sing for joy. Psalm 96. And then, also, creation may be speaking something that goes beyond mere words into the realm of awe, wonder, and beauty. Psalm 8 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? This wonder, this awe, this connection with the divine seems to be something that Jesus knew so well. More than anything, Jesus' pattern of behavior tells us of his relationship to the created world. Over and over again, Jesus went into nature to renew his own spirit, to connect with his maker, to be filled and restored. Creation was Jesus' most visited sanctuary, which caused me to wonder, where would Jesus go to pray 
If he lived in our area of New Jersey, what local natural houses of worship would he frequent? What sights and sounds would accompany him as he communed with God? In those days, Jesus went into the hills to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Which nearby wilderness areas would he wander through if he lived here? Which hills would he climb? If he were in North Jersey, would he sit beside a babbling brook in Ringwood State Park, cultivating his sense of wonder by observing the intricate life it sustained? Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. What would he do on a daily basis? What green space would he find as a source of renewal? Where would he frequently slip away? Would he walk right down our street and sit on a bench under a shade tree in Donaldson Park? In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. Today I have to wonder if Jesus might get up while it is still very dark and slip off to Sandy Hook to pray, taking time to marvel at God's works. Whatever natural cathedrals Jesus may have visited, we are invited <clears throat> to find our own, to find a place and take a moment or many moments to note the intricate detail or the vast expanse, to see it not as an object but a sacred and beautiful subject to behold, to make space for wonder, for awe. Creation is still speaking, and we have endless opportunities to listen. Thanks be to